Hey everyone, and welcome to the Tom's Hardware Show for July twenty third, twenty twenty. Today, uh, today, as always, I have uh, I'm Abram Pilch, editor in chief of Tom's Hardware, and today, as always, I have with me senior editor Sharon Harding, and we are also joined this week by senior editor Andrew Friedman, and by Hello. a very special guest, Mike Williams of US Gamer. Hi, hello, Mike. Hello, thank everyone. you so much for thank you so much for joining us this week. It's great to have you on the show. So, so uh, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? What you do at US Gamer? So, uh, at US Gamer, I am reviews editor, which tends to mean that I uh, play a lot of the biggest games, but also I assign all our reviews out to various staff members or freelancers. Uh, I edit the reviews, make sure they're uh, up to snuff for uh, U.S. Gamer publication. And then I tend to also do a lot of previews and interviews, especially now. Uh, this would have been E3, uh, but it's not. So it's just been like this very long marathon of uh, remote demos, streaming demos, and, and interviews over Skype and Discord. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, luckily we were probably coming towards the end of that. There was an Xbox showcase today for the Xbox series X games, including Halo infinite. So it, it feels like we're at least winding down so we can get into the, the fall season. Um, but I, I've started working with you guys because, uh, at a certain point, hardware reviews, I, I enjoy playing with hardware peripherals on PC and consoles, but we weren't allowed to, it moved outside of the vision of the site. So I needed some way to get that, that need out of my heart. And so I came <laughs> to Tom's hardware. Yes. All right. All right. Here. We are, we are very excited to announce that Mike is doing some stories for us. In fact, he just recently uh, recently reviewed reviewed a keyboard uh, has reviewed a new keyboard for us. Uh, can you tell us about that? What? Uh, yeah, what so I have it uh, here. It's the uh, well, there we go. It's the uh, Red Dragon uh, Vata K five eighty, which is a uh, budget keyboard with uh, mechanical switches. Uh, these are blue switches that came with this model. Um, and for the price, it's about, uh, the MSRP is about $72, but you can get it on Amazon for 62. This is probably one of the cheapest, uh, mechanical keyboards you can get with solid construction. Like it's surprisingly, uh, the area up here is a cheaper plastic, but this is an aluminum top plate, uh, that makes it so that it, it uh, it doesn't flex all that much, even if you, you try um, and I, over the course of, uh, reviewing it, I found that it, it's a pretty good road warrior, uh, computer, uh, with the red dragon software, you can set multiple profiles, but the software is so bare bones and I actually found it to be a little bit buggy. So uh, I'd actually say that this is a better keyboard to not use the software, uh, you can set the lighting on it uh, via the keyboard itself without plugging in any software at all. And it's going to be difficult for me to do this. So basically you hold the function key and then you hit any one of these and you can change oops, sorry, the lighting. So this is a, a slow scroll. 
shifting colors. And basically every one of the, the six keys here has a different uh, lighting feature. This is probably, yeah, this is raindrop. Um, so each of the six giving you a total of 18 different uh, lighting setups. And then you can also, and that's a little bit more complicated. It's like function key and then hitting the tilde and then choosing the color and you can set per key lighting on it and that stays on the keyboard uh regardless of where you move it now again the problem as i was saying before is the software is kind of buggy is that uh with the software loaded if i like set a lighting thing and then switched on the software switch to a pc with the software it would actually forget so uh red dragon software actually made things a little bit worse i'd say this is a a good keyboard uh, if you just want to get in on the ground floor on mechanical switches, and also if you need a keyboard that you can take, say, uh, from one desktop to another to a laptop or something like that. Um, so it's pretty good. My only problem with it is, is this uh, is a blue uh, set of blue switches. Uh, and I enjoy, it's an OutMU set of blue switches, which actually are pretty close to the Cherry MXs. They're a little bit louder. Uh, but the, the problem is, is that I live with somebody else and blue switches are very loud. I'm a very aggressive typer. So uh, my workhorse keyboard, my day-to-day -day is a Logitech with brown switches. Mm. So the blue switches are very much a, uh, uh, I, like I love them personally. Yeah, you know that's that's so kick that's that fun. person out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that um, I used to have that problem. Well, I wouldn't really say I had it as a problem. Like my wife and I used to live in a one bedroom apartment, and she used oh, okay. to complain that she could hear my clicky switches coming through the wall. Like she would be in the bedroom, I'd be in the living room, and she was like, "I'm hearing it all night." No, I'm having that. Pro I'm, I'm having that problem right now, and I will not apologize for my cherry blues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we don't, uh, you know, I had at the time I had, um, Le buckling Lexmark buckling spring keyboard, uh, switches, which for people who haven't heard, those are the original IBM switches, actually the original IBM keyboard for a long time. Um, you know, and they're as loud as blues, if not louder. Uh, now I'm on box white, which are also, which are also pretty loud, but I have like a separate room in the house for it, but it, it doesn't matter when we had an office. Uh, which we someday will go back to, I hope. Sharon, <laughs> Andrew, and I, uh, we all had our, our loud keyboards. It didn't matter. It's sort of like being in the old-fashioned newsroom where you hear the typewriters going. Oh, and that's why I feel so good. The blues, you can just yeah. like feel the click uh, and the bottom out. It's just, ah, it's, you know, it's so like, satisfying. It's like when you move to a big city and you hear, you can't fall asleep because all the cars are driving past you at night and all the horns are honking. And then one day you go back home and you visit your family and you know in the, in the country or back in the town you grew up in and you're like i can't fall asleep because i because the cars aren't driving by it's like i don't feel right working I, or gaming because it's not making noise i have the, i have that problem i have that problem here in the burbs that i moved to a few years ago it's too quiet and that's how you so, gotta type yeah yeah i gotta have i gotta have my ad have my noise you know i gotta have it i want the keyboard to reach up we reach up and punch me in the face like i don't i don't want it to be quiet i don't want it to be soft but um you know hey uh that's obviously a very a very personal preference some people some people love the uh 
Some people like the quiet. Some people like the linear switches. I think Michelle, uh, our our staff writer, likes likes red switches. Uh, I don't get it. it I don't get it. But like, like you know. I understand the idea for gaming because I cover a lot of like programmers who swear by linear switches. But I need the click, yeah. even if I'm yeah, gaming. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. But you know, listen, I don't think it's bad. Personally, I don't think it's bad to have a keyboard that you don't need to use the software, provided that you don't ex have high expectations of customization. Uh, uh, whereas, like right now, I'm using a keyboard, uh, a Hex Gears that I don't think they even have software. It's all done through the, it's all done through the keyboard. You have the opposite problem with Razer, where the minute you plug in any Razer keyboard, you get the told to install Synapse. Right. Uh, and if you haven't installed Synapse before, it just it nags you every time. Like I mean, another thing is, I'd say Razer is actually an exception, but maybe like eighty-five percent of the peripheral reviews we've done this year, there's been an issue with the software. Yeah, and and I like that a lot of like you can even change. Uh, let me switch back to the the normal uh, lighting on this one. So if you hit uh, this little button, which is next to the media keys, you can actually change the brightness using the volume scroll wheel. Um, the only thing that seems to be missing is, so when you plug in the software, you can have three different profiles. There's no way to switch profiles on the keyboard itself, which leads me to believe that there's actually no memory on the keyboard of the three different profiles. Um, because if you say, uh, if I'm on my desktop on profile two with one lighting and I unplug the keyboard and then plug it into a laptop, it just defaults to whatever the last profile was. And uh, the software actually, when you go back, uh, if I switch to like profile three, it will actually forget what was on that profile uh, originally. So as far as I can tell, it only remembers whatever is currently on the keyboard. Uh, anything outside of that uh, doesn't seem to, it's just like, nope, I don't know what I'm doing. So Sharon, speaking of interesting peripherals, uh, this this week you got to test a very unique mouse. Can you, <laughs> can you tell us about it? Um, yeah, sure. So the mouse uh, that I tested is actually on Kickstarter right now. So um, I have a prototype version of it here. Um, so it's called the Zephyr, and as you can see, it looks like pretty much like your typical gaming mouse to start. Um, it's got the honeycomb styling, which keeps it really lightweight. There's RGB, um, a braided cable, a Pixar sensor going up to 16,000 CPI. So a, a lot of your, you know, what people are looking for in a gaming mouse today. But the trick it has up its sleeve is there's a, oh, there we go. There's a fan, if you look pretty closely, there's a fan in there that spins at three different speeds up to 10,000 RPM. And it's meant to cool off your sweaty, nasty hands. Um, so, you know, it's a problem a lot of people have. It's hot right now, but also just from like clutching your mouse for so long. And if there's RGB, um, gets warm, you get sweaty, you get embarrassed, you get sad. So there's a fan here and now you can see the lights cause I plugged it in. Um, but you know, the main question I, you know, I've gotten when I mentioned this mouse is, how loud it is, is we're asking me if it's loud. And it is, I am, you probably can't hear it. Oh, um, you can hear it. 
Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so that's um, it at its uh, fastest settings. That's as loud as it's going to be. Um, the people who make it, Mind Center, they told me they're working on it. Uh, this is a prototype. So they're hoping to get, they plan on getting that noise level down. Um, but the other issue is because there's moving parts in there, obviously, the mouse itself, you could feel it moving slightly. It's like, it's not like, like vibrate. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not going to like, you know, move off the desk, but it's like quivering in my hand and it's distracting. It, it's like, especially when you're gaming and you're focused, you got this thing like jiggling in your hand. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's distracting. Um, but you know, it's interesting. They've been working on this mouse since, uh, since 2018. And I just uh, checked the Kickstarter before this. They were almost at $17,000. I believe they launched um, yesterday uh, or at least this week. Um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. It's not the first time um, there's been a mouse like this. There's been a couple um, in the past, um, but this one's getting a lot of attention. So we'll see how it, how it does. Can you remove the top from that, from that mouse? Like, I mean, you... I could smash it. Okay, so I, I, my, my question is, like, I mean, you think, see, like, PC fans, they'll get, you know, dusty or dirty and you need to clean them. I'm curious, like, with that mouse, do you have to buy another mouse when that gets disgusting well, and filled with palm grease? They didn't give me one, but on their Kickstarter page, they're saying they'll, they're giving it or they're shipping it with a blower. Oh, okay. Blow air, blow air into it to uh, seal it out. That's something. So, yeah. do, uh, do your hands get sweaty enough that? you need a <laughs> like so, yeah so that's something i should mention so it's not like that's a good question like how much does it really affect your sweaty hands and i do know someone with a really sweaty hands like she has to wipe things down she wipes down her steering steering wheel when she drives because it gets so sweaty and it's dangerous like it is real but the thing is like it's not like a fan like, you know like those mini fans that you hold like to blow air in your face like it's not that powerful. The effect is more that it the whole mouse itself stays cool to the touch. Mm -hmm. um, so like normally your mice will get warm from holding it and the lights, like I said. So this one stays cool to the touch um, the whole time, which is great. But it's not like a burst of air. Like I still need to turn the AC on. It's not that powerful. Uh, all right, that's a, that's a disappointment. Because <laughs> uh, I was I was I was hoping I could actually use it to you know cool cool off like a little USB fan in there. That would that would be much more that would be much more useful. So speaking of things that are disappointments, um, uh, AMD uh, disappointed a lot of people this week uh, when they announced some new some new AP, APUs that that where you're not going to be able to buy on on your own andrew what's going on with that i mean there's a new slew of apus as you said they are they are renoir desktop apus and they are going exclusively to oems so you know they're going to your dells or your lenovo's your hp and system integrators the people who are building systems and selling them elsewhere and in theory these are i mean based solely on parts lists as our own paul arco out our own Paul Alcorn was writing about these things, you know, they have higher performance, both single threaded and multi-threaded and people want the new desktop chips to, to refresh, you know, their systems, but they can't buy them because they're not being made available to the DIY market yet. Now, sometime this year, we're, we're being told that will change. But for now, if you're looking for Renoir desktop CPU 4000 series and with integrated graphics, it's just, it's not coming right now. And so that's sort of like, I hate to say it's like traumatic or like, or that it's big drama. I think people are a little disappointed that 
they're not getting their hands on it before, say, Dell or HP. But we also haven't seen any systems announced yet with those CPUs in it. So I'm curious to see when we're going to start he hearing from OEMs about that. Hmm. Are you, are you, Mike, are you disappointed? You really want a uh, really want a, a desktop with built-in uh, AMD Renoir graphics? No, and that, like that's the, the thing. Like I read it, I was like, oh yeah, four thousand series, and then I was like, oh, this is this is these are APUs. These are and I can't use them for anything. And then also knowing that Zen three is supposed to be coming this year, later this year, right? Um, like I, I just like looked at the announcement and I was like, oh well, I can't buy them. And then Zen three is coming later this year, so I like I, I personally, as an enthusiast, don't need those chips. Maybe I could uh, replace my you know set top media box, but the the I can't even buy it for you know do it yourself boxes. So it it's it I. I got excited and then I read the announcement and then nothing, it, nothing there was for me. So it was just sad. It was real sad. Well, there's only one thing you should use in your set top media box. And I have it right here. Uh, for those listening at home, I just flashed a raspberry pie in for a pie. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's just my, that's, that's my bias. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but Andrew, you were going to say. I just, there, there are some improvement. It looks like there, there, if you have an APU, it, they're saying, I think it's 2.5 X performance at, and there's a lot they've done, it seems, with memory that might make single core performance really good for gaming. I expect we'll see everything, including PCIe 4 support with Zen 3, whenever that shows up. But it's going to be a little bit. But I, we're going to see it by the end of the year. I wouldn't get too nervous. What do you think, Sharon? Do you think uh, do you think anyone's going to be disappointed by not buying these chips, or you think they're uh, not being able to build a system with this chip, or you think it's it? The AMD is smart to just. Uh, to only sell to to OEMs. I mean, it's a little bit of both. I'm disappointed um, on the news side of things. You know, for weeks we've been um, our news team has been hunting down unconfirmed benchmarks of these chips on the web, and they actually looked uh, pretty promising. So yeah, I was disappointed to see that. Um, there is, you know, some business logical reasoning behind it. You know, as um, as we reported, as Paul Alcorn, our CPU editor, reported. Um, AMD, what AMD says is that the OEM market is four to five times bigger, according to analysts, than the PC was, building market. I think it was four to five. Was it four to five percent or times? I don't remember. I think I it believe, I, I couldn't. I don't know. It's bigger. That's all. It's I'm, bigger. It's much bigger. <laughs> it, it's obvious it's bigger. So, yeah. yeah. So, if you want to see AMD take down Intel, which a lot of AMD fans do, this is a logical route. But on like the other side, um, you know, like um, another reason that's being, you know, kind of tossed around that this might have happened is fear of um, this cannibalizing the Ryzen 3000 chips uh, sales. You know, Renoir clock speeds are just a little bit lower. I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges, but there is um, some thoughts of that. So um, it's, it is disappointing considering AMD also kind of, you know, they just released the 3000 XT series, even though there was minimal gains compared to the 3000 X series. They had no problem doing that. So on the lower end, you know, it would have been nice if they, you know, would toss a bone to budget builders too and give them an option. So, yeah, I, 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 I am disappointed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that it's obvious that, um, for, especially for lower end chips, there people who build their own PCs are more going to be like have Mike's attitude that like, hey, I want something that's much more high power than this if I'm going to be building my own PC, and people who don't care as much 
who who aren't don't just want something that's inexpensive, they're probably you know they're probably not as likely to be PC builders, and so you know they're just going to buy something pre-built. And you know we're not against anything pre-built. I mean that's that's great. Um, and I do think AMD has had some issues getting more OEMs to put getting more design wins. Yeah. Um, maybe this will help them. Maybe it won't. You still see Intel kind of dom dominating, although we have seen more AMD powered uh, pre-built systems this year than usual, particularly in laptops. They're getting, they are getting to be a little bit more, not the same chips per se, but they are getting to be a little bit more, uh, more pickup in, in laptops. Um, so uh, another, another new chip in the laptop space, Andrew, you got to test I see that you have the sound that you've that you've been that's wanting. Right. Yeah, I think that's from you, though. <laughs> Not me. Wait, wait. Oh, sorry, is that my the sirens you're hearing yes. Yes. in my apartment? Yes. Yeah, it's, you can tell. I'm in Brooklyn, twenty four seven sirens. You can tell. You can tell which one of us live in a live in an ex, in a bustling <laughs> neighborhood versus a boring one. Anyway, so um, so. The uh, you got a chance to test the first Lakefield laptop this week. Yeah, we what actually. Is that like? Yeah, we actually we tested two, and not both Lakefield. This one, the Samsung Galaxy Book S, which I'm holding up now, and then we also tested one of the slightly different chip, the Snapdragon 865 with 5G. So we'll start with the Lakefield one, and that is it's a this is the Samsung Galaxy Book S that I'm holding up for those at home who can't see this physical object. Um, it's a regular clamshell laptop, and what's interesting about this one is that Samsung actually released it last year, and they released it with the Qualcomm Snapdragon 865, and that was all it was available with, and then Intel came ahead with Lakefield, and in select markets, they released it with this one. In fact, I'm going to hold this up. We actually got it from the UK, and so you'll see our beautiful UK-style keyboard here. Um, it is now available in the United States, starting at $949. So we talked a little bit about Lakefield on a previous episode, but the point is that they are 3D stacking and what they're calling their Foveros packaging. And so they have all, they have the CPU and the system on a chip and even the RAM, it's all on the single chip. It's like the size of a dime. And it's really small using, this one's got five cores. It's got one Sunny Cove core and then four low power Tremont Atom cores. And what we saw here is that like, it's fine, I guess. Like, this is a, I mean, this is the Core i5 with eight gigabytes of RAM and five 12 gigabytes of flash storage, which is the one that we got in the UK. I'm not seeing that one in the US or Canada on the market yet. It doesn't mean it won't show up. And the performance, I mean, I guess as you'd expect, was not truly amazing. It was okay, it was consistent, but this is a low power chip. We weren't really expecting anything truly crazy. I suppose what we were hoping for was really long battery life. It will last juice like all all day, if you're talking like a work day, we got it just over nine hours. But there are other ones, like even in, even Intel chips that can last you 10 or 11 hours. So it's, you know, it's just sort of fine. And that we get to the point where I really like a lot of things about it. I like the design. I like the, I thought the keyboard was nice. I think the display is pretty solid, but you're not necessarily getting a lot of wins from this Lakefield laptop. So, it's hard to recommend at the price we paid for it. And then if we wanted to get into the other one, 5G is our big one. This is the Lenovo Flex 5G. And this one's a convertible two-in-one as I can open it up here and sort of fold it back. 
And this one's using the new Snapdragon 865 with 5G. And it's very much just like other every other Windows on ARM laptop in that it's running Windows on ARM. And that means it works with ARM native apps. It works with X32 apps, but not X64 apps. So it can't emulate those, just X32, which means even some of our benchmarks kind of won't run, or not kind of won't run, they straight up won't run because they're just not compatible yet. This is, though, the first 5G laptop on the market. Um, it's only working with Verizon at the moment. So it's going to be a bummer for some people who already have plans on Sprint or T-Mobile. I'm not sure if they're actually releasing it elsewhere in the world. Um, 5G coverage right now, and this is another thing. This is, to me, I think the best ARM laptop that currently exists. The Surface Pro X is nice and all. Um, this one is $1,300, which I think is a little crazy. And again, this is the one of the better designs on these ARM laptops. You get a Lenovo keyboard, and you know we tend to like Lenovo keyboards. The screen is fairly good. 5G's just sort of not there yet. Like, do any of you have 5G service like at your homes right now? Mm. Do, you, do you even know? Uh, I know, I know, and it's not very good. My wife just got just broke her phone last week. Yeah. Uh, so we bought her the new the S20 with 5G on T-Mobile, and she's getting like in our house, she's getting four megabit. Four megabit down, and so she's not on five. She's not on five G, and, and I, I am on four G, and I'm getting three megabit down. So she is well, doing better. Sounds like I have um, a personal problem there. But the reason I yeah. asked is because I went onto Verizon's coverage map, and I walked outside with this, and I saw that within walking distance of me, I could walk to like a to it, like this outside this this batch of apartments, and I could get five G, and depending, which is great, but I had to look that up, and. I can't, you know, I can't stand out there forever to do my work. Depending mm -hmm. on where I was on that block, I would get great speeds or even slower than 4G speeds while connected to 5G. And so even like we're in a time where we're selling phones and laptops that are these devices, but the network isn't totally there yet. And I mean, frankly, I was out, I wouldn't have gone outside, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. I was happy to right. stay inside that with this laptop. So it's... I mean, and that's not Qualcomm's fault. That's not Lenovo's fault. But it is a case of releasing this technology that doesn't penetrate buildings yet and then selling the laptop that works with it. But I'm not going to go on a bus or like anything like that where this would be really useful right now. So I, think you've, yeah. I uh, think you've discovered that the conspiracy theorists yeah. were had a point when they say that 5G causes COVID-19 because... <laughs> If all of you are everyone who wants 5G stands there in front of that building without a mask and they right. and they get close together, it is possible that they will catch it from each other. So, you know, Andrew was the only one out there with a 5G laptop on the street. That's an yeah, Andrew it, thing. Yeah, it was. I was, like, <laughs> I was standing like across from that across from that building. I was like sitting and like sitting on somebody's stoop. I didn't know, just downloading Tears of Steel over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so that's the thing. It's, but for both of these, and this is something I wanted to get to. I mean, this one, the this one, the the Lakefield one is a little better in my eyes. In that, in or I said it has an advantage in my eyes in that it runs everything. It's x86, so you download a program on Windows, it's going to work. But for both of them, and I'm seeing this a lot with these sort of more really mobile-based chips, the low-power ones, they're really, really expensive. Like so, for getting that low power. I mean, this one, I will say the 5G one lasts like 23 hours on a charge. It was really crazy that way. So that's a benefit. But it's 
$1,300 for something that's not going to run all of your applications and is really low power, but you know, does get 5G and lasts a long time. What is that worth it to you? I don't know. The Lakefield one's almost $1,000. Battery life is fine, runs everything, but like you don't really get what other $1,000 laptops will give you. And that's why we chose like a $700 laptop to compare it to that runs an x86 Ryzen chip. Because for like $650 from Acer, you can get a Ryzen 7. And it's not really a fair comparison, quote unquote, but when you're looking at value, are you looking, do you want something that looks really nice and has a nice screen and battery life? Or would you rather get the performance? That's a choice you can make. That, that's what I was going to ask is, is right. like who at Lakefield, at least, like I understand the point. I, I feel like Intel's a little bit worried, especially with Apple announcing that they were moving away from their chips. So yes. they needed some sort of win in that space. But for the price, I just looked at it and I was like, why wouldn't I just go for a normal, like ultra thin with right. a, a Ryzen or an Intel chip, Intel core right. chip? Yeah, I mean, something like the XPS 13, for instance, is like going to stay popular. I don't think Intel's going anywhere in those anytime soon. I want, I mean, partially, I mean, I guess for, the, for this one, and again, I'm holding up the Galaxy Book S, it would definitely be the design. This is super light and it's fanless, which means there's really very little heat. It's not like Sharon's mouse at all in that regard. There's no, there's no fan. And that's sort of why. Because you're, you're going for those really like quality of life thing. And I'm sure that there are some people who like the newest tech and just want to play around with it, or maybe they're executives and get something really fancy and like to carry around with them. And for them, it'll really work. I'm more curious to see Lakefield come out again later this year in the ThinkPad X1 Fold, where at least there will be enabling a new form factor. Yeah, that, that was the one I was, because I really wanted the Surface Neo. Right. Um, but then they've delayed that till like 2021. So they've delayed, or reports say they've delayed Windows 10X till right. 2021, which is the operating system it was supposed to run on. And that's going to be on clamshells and then foldables might not come till 2022. The interesting thing about Windows 10X was that, that was supposed to be the one with all the instructions for Lakefield. So yeah. one thing we're still looking at here is for instance, when we were running our tests, we would put in, like we're logging things and it's honestly hard to trust or know if all the logs are correct because they haven't been updated for an x86 Intel chip with one big core and false small core, four small cores. Like I just don't know that it's, it knows what it's doing yet. So we're, we're doing more research into it and like how instructions are being targeted per core. And if they're getting, if they're going the right places and we're going to, I know we're going to be publishing more on that. And I'm really looking forward to see what we find. So Sharon, do you think um, do you think that uh, the that the Neo will come out in time for people to be able to stream Tenet on it? <laughs> I wouldn't bet the Neo coming out, and I wouldn't put a, 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 a timestamp on that. I just, I mean, just the, the, anything that has an unspecified date, you know, pushed back to an unspecified date. Like I just don't get too excited for. I have more hope for the, what is it? The ThinkPad X1 Fold coming yeah. out before the, what is it, yeah. the Neo? Yeah. Yeah, that will definitively come out this year. They've been very clear about it. So unless something big changes there, it's gonna come out, it'll have regular windows and we're gonna see how that works. 
Then again, but, the Neo is going to come out. What I I think I would think with 10x optimized actually for foldable devices. That's right. So it's going to have that the whole package when it when it does finally come out. Is my yeah. guess. Mike, would you buy a, Would you buy a an ARM powered Windows laptop? Um. So the, the no. <laughs> the, 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 problem, yeah, but the, the problem is is that so like when apple announced hey we're we're moving to our chips like they they've put a cutoff and i feel apple can do that like apple can say this is it you are going to have to run on our new stuff and i just don't think microsoft has the guts to say look for the long-term future of windows as a platform we're going to have to move to more mobile stuff. This is a cutoff. So none of that old stuff is going to work. We need you to make new software. And Microsoft will never do that. So a Windows ARM would always be like missing something. Whereas yeah. Apple, I think, after a certain point, will be fine. Because everyone will move so that they've run on all of the new Macs on iPads and all that jazz. It, it, it's missing a lot. I mean, there's a lot of apps that you still can't you still can't run, as Andrew documented. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to build on Mike's point, Apple has, for what it's worth, really great relationships with its developers. I mean, minus like the people who made the Hey Email app and, <laughs> and those things. But like in general, a lot of the, the a lot of the people who develop for Apple are super into developing for Apple. Windows on ARM, uh, Windows on ARM is sort of a weak link here. The Snapdragon 865 and like the other, or sorry, the HC, I've been saying it's 865, the Snapdragon 8CX. So it's all 8CX. Um, we're going to edit, we'll edit that in post, I'm sure. Anyway. <laughs> Andrew, um, it's fine. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so yes, the Snapdragon 8CX is, a, is not a bad chip. And uh, Windows on ARM is sort of the issue there. I think it, A, if they could get it to emulate X64 apps, that would be a big step. But B, they, Microsoft needs to get developers. I'll say it's Steve Bomber way, developers, developers, developers onto Windows on ARM. And there are some like Adobe has said, we're going to start making our apps. I think they started with Fresco and the idea that we're going to get everything running in Windows on ARM. But that's, you know, that is taking time. Apple said it's going to, Apple announced its new chips with all, with announcements that Microsoft's and Adobe stuff was going to work. So that's the big thing that keep me from doing it is just that. I don't know what's going to work and what's and what's not. Well, I do know what's going to work and what's not going to work, and I don't like the answer to that list. So, yeah. to, like also the yeah. type of people that are going to want a laptop that thin and that light and you know with that design, a lot of them aren't going to know what's going on. You know, like they're not going to know that yeah. some apps aren't going to work. They won't understand, and even if they you know they'll read the specs, they still don't know. You know, the I, thing about the thing about that is that either of these either of these. I was thinking about this recently. Back in the old world. We used to go to these things called trade shows every <laughs> once in a while. And for our readers, that means CES, Computex, and the places where we would go to gather the news at big events. When Mike, Mike referred to E3 earlier. But, and this, these would, I think this would be great there. I carry around this big ass heavy backpack. And it's at the end of the day, I'm like, God, I wish my laptop was a little lighter. And the, some of them, especially the Snapdragon ones, they, most of them have 4G, 5G support, so I'd be able to get past conference center Wi-Fi. So for that type of thing, it could really be a sort of dream, a dream thing if you know it worked as expected, and they still have a lot of work to do there. Yeah, but you don't need the ARM processor to do that. Like you can buy. Yeah. 
Last week, I reviewed the ThinkPad X1 Carbon. You can right. get that as an option on uh, ThinkPad X1 Carbon, which weighs 2.4 pounds and runs any software that you want. So if they're going to, and, and is about the same price. So like, yeah. if you're going to give me something that's an inferior product that can't run all the apps, don't don't give me an arrogant price for it. Like, have some humility. If your pro thing doesn't work properly, don't charge the same or more that's something that does. Like, you should be trying to get people to buy it by charging less money. Like, look, this is this is cheap and it has 5G built in, but look, you're going to have to compromise uh, because you can't maybe run all your apps. Don't tell me, hey, guess what? Good news. We're going to charge you as much money or more, but you can't do everything. <laughs> Wait, could have less performance. Devil's advocate here. Would you? Would you? Okay, fine. Let's say now this thing is is six hundred dollars, and mm -hmm. I'm holding up the the Snapdragon eight CX one again, the Lenovo Flex five G. But now the display is is trash because on the one we've compared the Lakefield laptop to the Acer, the display was really really bad. And for what it's worth, a lot of these Qualcomm ones, a lot of in this Lakefield one here. Beyond the performance, they're really nice, right? So like they're not sacrificing on build quality. They're not sacrificing on keyboards or display. So some of that costs money. I do think $1,400, or sorry, 1400 for the Flex 5G is, is a lot. Yeah. But they are, you are getting a premium experience in other ways. But I agree, I would prefer to get the performance. Yeah, I, I, I Or at I least the compatibility. I don't see anybody wanting this. I mean, I could see for five, 600 bucks, it'd be treated, being treated like a Chromebook. Like, oh, okay, I can have this relatively cheap thing. Maybe I use a desktop at home and I have a laptop that I take around with me. But for 1400 bucks, that better be your primary computer. I mean, now, for, nine, for 949, the Galaxy Book S, not as bad, but I would want more battery life or something out of it to make that money worth it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, speaking of uh, predictions for later in the year, I want to talk about some of the reader questions. Sure. Uh, by the way, if any of, the, any of our viewers want to weigh in on whether or not you would pay 1400 bucks for 5G laptop, I'd be really curious to know. Uh, Ahmad asks, uh, Ahmad asks us, uh, do we think that Big Navi will beat... Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to repeat the 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 uh, exact phrasing here, but I'm not asking. We think that Big Navi AMD's upcoming uh, the, the the rumored name for AMD's upcoming uh, GPU will beat uh, Nvidia's Ampere this year. Ampere being the upcoming Nvidia GPU. Uh, Mike, what do you what do you think? Do you think AMD has a shot? Uh, now that they finally have uh, hardware support for ray tracing, they have a shot. Um, I think it will perform better uh will it sell more i think uh nvidia has sort of a, a mind share coup in terms of rtx already um so when ampere comes out they can just jump on that rtx brand and it's it's been a a, a solid bit of marketing um that amd is sort of late to the party on and i think it'll perform better but nvidia has developer support the mind share mm -hmm. and uh more importantly i'm not sure how different they'll be on price at the high end so uh we'll see we'll see there it's a little weird to think of am like amd at the high end again not that there haven't been other high-end ones but like the idea that they're going to release something that will compete with 
an RTX, say, 3080 or whatever that's going to be called, right? Like, price matters a lot. AMD has beat price in price on CPUs. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, that's there's a trend there. I think a lot of it's going to, and th this might not be fair. I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of things will be compared to the high end of last generation, which is the 2080 and the 2080 Ti. So how will this compare to an RTX 2080 Ti? Is that what it's going to be compared to or is it going to be compared to the 5700 XT? I feel like it's going to be compared to the 2080 because like Mike said, ray tracing is going to be the big conversation here. Yeah, and, and also another thing. I've, so this week I played uh, Death Stranding uh, on PC right. and that uses... Uh, NVIDIA's DLSS 2.0 tech, right. which is fantastic. And so the last time that a tech really hit me this hard was probably G-Sync when I first tried that. DLSS 2.0 is just fantastic. And that is a, a NVIDIA proprietary tech that AMD can work with and fake, but that's probably going to be another year or two down the line. The thing is, whatever NVIDIA's top end is going to be will probably be more expensive than whatever AMD is going to be, if I had to guess. So for the, so for some people who are more price sensitive, they, they might go that route. Like you said, the tech, the, the drivers, developer support, that's all there. I don't know. What do you think, Abram? Uh, I try not to comment on video cards too much publicly. But I'll but I'll but I'll de but I'll defer to Sh uh, but I'll defer to Sharon on this. Do you think AMD has a has a shot of actually beating uh, beating Nvidia's performance? Um, I mean, I like to bet on established winners, you know. <laughs> so, like, you know, if I'm betting money, I'm betting on who's been winning all this time, and it's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm a Yankees fan because they won when I was a kid. They haven't won in a decade, but like. Your New York accent just came out. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, you, and also on top of that, the fanfare around NVIDIA's cards, upcoming cards, I think is much bigger than AMD's right now. Uh, you know, feel free to argue with me, but I feel like I hear a lot more about RTX 3080 than AMD's next-gen card. Um, ray tracing, like Mike pointed out, is they've kind of, um, you know, coined almost that phrase. They didn't invent it, but they're who's associated with that technology and it's going to be hard for people to start associating that technology with any with AMD now. Um, so no, I don't think they're going to, I don't have very, very high expectations on that end, but um, as everyone's pointed out, uh, the, the price, the value that AMD has consistently offered is very, very appealing. And, you know, money, the economy is getting worse. People are got to like pinch pennies and consider their you know, how much performance they're getting per dollar and AMD has been, you know, they're the consistent winner there. So. Yeah, I mean, I think the one good thing everybody will say is obviously that in Intel with Intel, AMD is, you know, brought competition and it's going to be the same thing if Nvidia is able to, to, or if AMD is able to bring competition to Nvidia at the, at the top end with pricing, that'll be great for everybody. So uh, one more, one more question before we go. Uh, Ruru2M asks, with everyone working from home and using Zoom, will your laptop reviews going forward give more points for good built-in camera and mic? I think I know who should answer that. I think that's me, uh, right? Yes. So, I, yeah, I'm the, the main laptop reviews editor, and it's something we have been considering more if you're looking at it. We haven't been giving points for good cameras because, frankly, 
most laptops, and this has been for a long time before work at home and quarantine and all that, they've, they haven't been good. This has not been a place where laptop vendors, and this is whether it's a productivity laptop or a gaming laptop, it doesn't matter. It's not where they're innovating. It's not where they're investing. And so that's why you still see in 2020 a ton of 720p webcams that are dark and dim and grainy. That's, and, but it was a big deal when we saw, I got the, reviewed the Surface Go 2 earlier this year. And Microsoft, in that one, they put in a 1080p webcam in the front. And I mean, obviously, these things are in development for a long time. And they probably weren't saying, oh, you know, everyone's going to be using Teams and Zoom and Slack this whole time. We should put in the camera. That investment paid off in ways they didn't expect. And that I, I called into a meeting with Sharon, I remember once, and she's been like, are you using a different webcam? Because like, <laughs> you look brighter. And so we're, and in the, on the other hand, we're seeing a number of laptop vendors, like for instance, Asus on its gaming laptops doesn't include a webcam. Now they've just, they've totally gotten rid of it. They said, we, we don't want to put it below the screen like the old XPS 13 do, 13s do. People aren't going to stream with it so you can buy a webcam, which is fine, but Again, that's extra money. People do use their gaming laptops as everyday laptops. So we have been pointing out in, these, in those reviews, these don't have them. So if you are buying the Zephyrus G14 or the Zephyrus M15 or whatever as your main laptop, it can be your work, your, you know, it's going to be your gaming rig and your workstation. Well, you also better go out and like find a Logitech webcam on Amazon because, this, <laughs> because you're not going to be able to talk to anybody. So we're definitely considering it a lot more. And the ones that are really good will be called out. Um, we've kind of, it's kind of been like normal that things are bad. So if something has an exceptional webcam, then yeah, we'll definitely consider that. Yeah, yeah, no question. Hey, Mike, have you seen a, a laptop with a particularly good webcam? No, and it's something I like. I've never, never thought of my workhorse laptop has been a hp specter and i actually have the webcam taped over because i don't when i'm on the laptop if i'm using it there's never going to be a situation where i'm going to really need the uh camera for anything if i'm going to be talking on camera i'm going to be like at my desktop with uh, i have a logitech c920 uh or a uh on like an ipad or mobile which as Andrew was talking about, they already have better cameras because that's part of that style of product. But on a laptop, no. Like, have you, Sharon, seen any laptop that has a decent webcam? Uh, no, absolutely not. I think I haven't even found one that could handle my skin color properly. And this has been like <laughs> for decades, for real. And when I started this job and I started getting high-end laptops, I kind of was expecting that to change since I hadn't really, the you know, the last laptop I bought was when I was in college and it, and it had it. However, I do, I do want to have um, a webcam on my laptop, even if it is uh, not that great. I just, cause when I want it, you, when you want it, you, you want it, right? Like if you don't have yeah. it, you don't have it. What are you going to say? Like, Oh, I can't video call. Yeah, it I, sounds I, absurd. And I don't yeah. like holding my phone. I don't like yeah. my phone for I've, I've had that problem because the, the 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 webcam on my laptop is uh, per, in permanent privacy mode. It's been bro it's broken. It's basically been broken since I got it. But I I just didn't want to send my laptop back because I always I to to because otherwise everything works and I always uh, use a Logitech webcam. But on those rare occasions when I'm like on a business trip or something like that and I, I want to make the call, uh, then I got to 
then I got to bring an external webcam with me. It really, I, I don't understand. Like you could say that they, that uh, laptop manufacturers are maybe just waking up to this or something, but they shouldn't have to have just woken up to it. People have been doing video conferencing for a long time. It's nothing new. Uh, somebody could really, this is yet another example where the innovation is happening in phones and not in laptops and a lot in, in some cases. And like, if they can fit a good selfie cam on your phone, they can damn well fit a yeah. good webcam on your laptop if they wanted oh. to. Yeah, I mean, they probably have to do some R&D and that like, here's the width of my phone. And like, here's the, if I'm looking at the width of a laptop lid, yeah. like it's much thinner. Yeah. So mm. there's, but there's gotta be something to be done. There's other it. stuff in your phone. It, yeah. it, I, I promise you they could do it if they wanted to. Yeah. And for uh, the longest time that they've only been like with Sharon, might call acceptable like i'll do i'll use it because it's there it's acceptable it's not good so right that's where we are so congratulations we couldn't recommend we couldn't recommend any of them basically congratulations for the service lineup you you were officially the best in webcams yeah the best of a bad the best of a bad job it's also like laptop sound isn't very good either the most the surface is the best because the surface is trying at least a tiny bit to compete with ipads so they're yeah. like, yeah. webcam really helped there. Just, yeah. just a little bit, but I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's embarrassing, especially for companies like, like Lenovo that, uh, you know, they make business laptops, which are supposed to be used for conferencing and they put they actually put some effort into the microphones and those things like, Oh, look, we have these noise canceling microphones. Why don't they do, why don't they like partner with Logitech or something like that to literally say, we put a Logitech webcam in this or something that would be a smart business move for somebody to do. But, Apparently nobody cares. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing things like that next year or this holiday season, you know, after this yeah. pandemic and people are still going to be working from home and things get to normal. Yeah. So. yeah. Logitech's I webcams mean, are also this big, you know, they're, yeah, they're, I bet you they're, they're much bigger. <laughs> yeah. Than. But they have other things in them. I bet you, I bet you, you, I bet you one could shrink it. Yeah. It's funny uh, that the main innovation we've seen in laptop webcams besides the surface line is the Dell XPS 13 shrinking it down so they can put it among the bezel. That yeah, or, or, or people better. being able to cut them off, yeah. right? People being giving you a good way to cover the like well, switches. That's, actually, them that's off. actually really important. Yes, the security stuff is really important. Yes, their their innovation is is finding ways for you to not use it, not finding ways for you to use it. Um, anyway, I wanted to uh, to thank everyone who everyone who tuned in live for this. Uh, for those who are listening on audio podcast after the fact or watching video after the fact, thank you also. Uh, the Tom's Hardware Show is a, uh, is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Periscope and available to view thereafter. And shortly after that, available as audio wherever audio podcasts are distributed, Apple, Google, um, Spotify, Spotify. Etc. Uh, thank you so much to Mike Williams of US Gamer for coming on and joining us this week. It was really great to have you. Uh, and thank you as always to our to our hosts. I will see you next. We will see you next time. See you. Bye. <laughs>